Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. You know what it is. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Freestyle, where we put the fun in functional fantasy content. I'm your host, the spitting statistician, Dane Martinez. And with me, as always, is my guy, Matty Modica. Matty, hopefully the tryptophan has worn off a little bit and you are raring to go for the home stretch here in the regular season of fantasy football. Uh, yes, I did eat a ton of turkey uh, in FFPC. The playoffs start next week. It's Ooh. a 12-game regular season. And I got a few teams in, which I was happy about. One of my one of my uh, teams with a, with a partner was a really good team, and we were either going to – we had a shot at best record, most points, and we didn't get in. That was ah. a shock. So, but overall, I, I did get a nice push in. We'll see how uh, – you know, week 13 is tough with the Ravens and Bills. Yeah. Like those two teams right there, there's a lot of good players. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're going to see. All right, absolutely. You'd be happy to know that in one league that I am in with many of our expert friends, I have overtaken the number one spot after a victory over our good friend Scott Engel last week, putting me in the top spot looking for a bye. But, you know, anything can still change. The injury bug is always right around the corner. Matt, you made note of it. There are six teams on bye this week. And you said some legit offenses, right? The Ravens on bye, the Bills on bye. Chicago on a bye, DJ Moore with Justin Fields as his quarterback. Vegas is on a bye, Josh Jacobs, that means, Devontae Adams, Minnesota, and the Giants are on bye. If you had Saquon, you're going to need something else for this week as well. But I mentioned the trip to Fane. I mentioned Thanksgiving. We'll go over some of the uh, waiver wire ads if you do have some bye week issues. But we are coming off Thanksgiving, Matt, and it you know seems like such a long time ago at this point. But let me ask you to get started. What, if anything, what was your main takeaway of the games you saw on Thursday? And and we could throw in that nonsense with the Jets on Black Friday. As well. <laughs> what was uh? What was if anything your biggest takeaway from uh? You know the action before the weekend. Uh, I mean, just an overview. The Lions again disappointed, and it's basically been Goff. I mean, their pass defense has not been good, but I mean, Goff missed. Easy passes. Like they had third downs, and it wasn't once or twice. It was like three times at least. Where Laporter, uh, Amon Ra, wide open, and he missed them. And besides the turnovers that he had, those those uh, two costly fumbles, you know, one they did get the touchdown on. So, uh, you know, if you're a Lions fan, you know, everybody had them possibly get in the top seed. Mm-hmm. I don't see that. Jordan Love, though, last two games, five touchdowns, no interceptions. Last three, at least two touchdowns. That passing game seems to be coming on. Big test this week against the Chiefs uh, passing defense, Sunday night football. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a much more exciting game now. Uh, I mean, the Cowboys keep rolling at home. It was a game until they went for it there. I mean, the Cowboys were in hand. You know, I I wasn't worried about them losing, really. But when they went for it, they didn't get it. And then, you know, bland and another pick six. So, and I mean – you had to figure the Niners were going to roll yeah. the Seahawks, even even in Seattle. So, and the Jet game, what is there really to say? 
Yeah, listen, please do not do not uh, tell me much about the Jets game. I actually thought the Jets defense would hold the minute. Remember, they got a pick six. They had another interception. Mm -hmm. And then what is now being dubbed here in the New York area, the Hell Mary, um, because, you know, they got returned for what, 103 yards or something like that for the pick six. When you could have gone into the locker room at half, I believe, 10-6, it wound up being a dumpster fire after that, after for Thanksgiving Matt, you know, I I take some of the things you say and I combine them to say, I now believe uh, Dallas is the team right behind Philly and San Francisco in the NFC. A lot of people wanted to put the Lions there, right, as kind of ascending, like you Mm -hmm. said, maybe a chance for the bye. But you're right. uh, Goff has been turnover prone. And that defense, they've been giving it up too. remember the week before that they were down big to the Bears and then had to, you know, have their comeback. They let the Chargers the week before that score 38 points on them as well. And then we see what Green Bay, who we were kind of starting to fade that offense a little bit it was the green bay offense that got right against detroit so i think that is interesting to watch if detroit has peaked on some level and for me on thanksgiving it was not only did the niners impress but that dallas did as well and i actually believe that outside of the eagles and the niners it is dallas that is probably the most complete and best team if you want to crown them then crown their ass So I'll remind everybody that heading into week 13, we have six teams on by. So let's start to make meaning out of what we saw in the rest of week 12, Matt. There was a big game, although, you know, people wouldn't think about it if you just looked at the records. But there was a big game in the NFC South on Sunday, um, Matt, as the Atlanta Falcons actually take over first place in that division they take out the saints 24 to 15 and i wonder because this you know the falcons are now in first place but they've committed to desmond ritter it sounds like for the rest of this year so like who do you think is ultimately going to win this division i still think it could be the saints even though all they got was five field goals against the falcons i mean the saints it's i get it i i mean i really don't know it's really up for grabs this defense I do kind of like the Falcons have the pieces. It's can Ritter not implode. That's basically been their problem. Like he shows little flashes and then he just looks awful. But the takeaway for me in that game was Bijan. Hmm. Bijan with two touchdowns. Hello. That pass was beautiful. You know, get the ball in his hands. Just, you know, keep increasing that. Stop trying to, you know. I stay away from the Arthur Smith stuff on Twitter. Right. It's low hanging fruit. You knew what you were getting involved with, with this guy. Uh, and, you know, I, I mean, I, I think it's really going to come down to, down to them. The Bucks should beat Carolina this week. We were assuming, right? I think so. So, you know, they're still out, you know, still involved, I guess. So, I mean, I don't think anybody's really <laughs> – that good. That's the problem. It could be one of those years where, you know, nine and eight or eight and seven actually does get it done. I do believe mm-hmm. that Atlanta and New Orleans face each other again, maybe week 18. It may be the very last week of the season. And there will certainly, it looks like, be something on the line for that. We go to another division matchup here, Matt. The Pittsburgh Steelers just kind of keep on rolling. You know, I think this is the first week where they're actually outgained their opponent, but they do beat Browning and the Cincinnati Bengals 16 to 10. I remember on last week's episode, 
episode when we talked about the waiver wire telling people to go and get Pat Fryermuth, who is coming back from injury, and boy, did he deliver. Nine catches, 120 yards, and with this new OC, I know how much you've hated Canada, but they are continuing to run both Warren and Najee. Again, they combined for 28 carries. You got the security blanket in Fryermuth. Uh, what do you think about this Pittsburgh offense these days? Well, I did watch a lot of this game. Yeah. And the Steelers gave up that touchdown early, and it looked like it might be the difference, that one mm-hmm. touchdown. And, and Fryermuth was the man. I think he had uh, like 10, 11 catches. He had a monster day. Yeah. Uh, and Najee, you know, for Najee, he, he was the guy that propelled the running game for them. I'm not a Najee guy. I, I think that's evident. Pickett still missed some easy throws. Pickens had a huge catch. Mm-hmm. That was really a deciding play. I believe it was a third down. So this offense, for the first time in, what, 58 games, got 400 yards. Right. Passed that, to- that mark, which is pretty amazing in the present-day NFL. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, for the Steelers, it just gives them a boost. Uh, the Browns, you know, once D- DTR got, I mean, hammered in that game, that game was over. It was actually a 14 or 12 game or 17, 12 game. Yeah, for a while, trust me. You know, somehow, what do they got? Seven wins now? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's impressive. I don't know how they do it. And it should have been a game where they had easily in hand. So, okay, you know, you're going to keep rolling out your Steelers. I don't really I, see. The when you say I mean, you're going to keep rolling out your Steelers, right? You're going to play Warren. You're going to play Warren. You're going to play Najee. You're going to play Friar You're going to play Pickens, right? Oh, you're uh, going to play Deontay. I mean, he's – Yeah. You know, it kind of seemed like he really wasn't into that game. <laughs> you know, there's that clip of him where the fumble and he's just standing there like – it's interesting. I mean, yeah. You talk about this team and how like it was the first time them getting 400 yards. They've been outgained almost every every game this season. But we just reeled off five members that are startable for fantasy purposes, right? Both running backs, two wideouts, and the tight end. Oh uh, yeah, I mean some of them are not ideal. Like Pickens is kind of like a boomer bust guy. Sure. I mean, I, I, if I have better options, but you know, you probably invested a fifth round, mm-hmm. sixth round pick at the latest on Pickens if you drafted late. And, you know, so, I mean, I'm just going back to, like, your lineups. If you had better options, yeah. But, I mean, Warren does have that ability to break one. Sure. But, I mean, they did ride Najee in this game. And, he, you yeah. know. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. Uh, next game up, the Tennessee Titans get a victory, 17-10, over the Carolina Panthers, who then turn around and fire their head coach, <laughs> fire Deuce Staley as well. They don't even get a full season with the number one overall pick, 17-10. This game was pretty, you know, nondescript and meh mm-hmm. for me. The one thing I will say that I want to ask you about, you know, Carolina's obviously mailing it in the rest of the season. They don't even have their number, their their first round pick. That goes to Chicago in the trade. But remember the beginning of the middle of the season, Adam Thielen was such a revelation, right? Only one catch for two yards. And I find it interesting that Mingo um, leads them in receiving yards with 60. I wonder, Matt, you know, this season is already gone for Carolina. Right. I wonder if now with a new coach coming in and all that stuff, if there might be a concerted effort to involve the youngsters a little bit more. I wonder about Mingo vis-a-vis Thielen for the rest of the season. What do you think? Uh, I think they will try and get Mingo more involved. 
But I still think with with the current uh, setup of this offense, Thielen's that safety blanket. Like he's not going to break them, you know, break the big play. But he's a guy that Bryce Young needs all the help he can get. That line is yeah. terrible. They don't have an explosive run game. So he's like a safety blanket for him. So, I mean, feeling disappointed, as you said. I mean, that was major. That cost me the most points in one league. I went feeling over Garrett Wilson, mm. something I've been doing week to week. And I seem to always get it wrong. Right. And so I don't think he's going away. Is he going to be as good as he was? Probably not. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Uh, on a positive was Henry got two touchdowns. That's true. Which he was supposed to against the worst, you know, run. What is it? Carolina and Arizona are the two worst. Yes, and and Arizona. the running back against Arizona certainly <laughs> performed up to that expectation as well. Let's get into another game. The Indianapolis Colts beat Tampa twenty-seven twenty. You talked about how Tampa is still kind of in the mix, only a game back in that division with Atlanta and New Orleans. But don't look now; the Colts are in a playoff position. If the season were to end today, they get another win. You know, Pittman with a nice game, 10 grabs on that one. And I was going to ask you about J JT versus Moss because it looked like JT was getting his share back. You know, 15 carries, only eight for Moss. But you said he actually, we're hearing now that he left the game with a thumb injury. And we don't know what's going on with Jonathan Taylor moving forward. Yeah, yeah from what I'm seeing, it seems like, you know, his status going forward is doubtful. That's all you see. Mm. So, I mean, if he's got to get like thumb surgery or something, he's pretty much done. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why if you have Moss, you held on to Moss. It, I mean, JT was taking that role. It was, he, he was, was becoming the bell cow. And, you know, Moss had performed admirably, much better than I expected early on. You know, he's putting up, you know, multiple 20 point games. So now, if JT's not going to go, Zach Moss, you know, welcome him back into your life. And that could be a real difference maker because he did look really good when he when he was their bell cow, basically. So, you know, I, he, I think he gets that role back and kind of sucks for like JT owners. I know one of my playoff teams, I have JT in there, so he's not, I got to take him out possibly. And one of the teams that can put Moss in, so, you know. Right. Some people are going to be kind of excited. Some people are going to be very sad. Uh, and and the Colts are just, a, you know, they keep fighting. You, you know, you, it's a shame that Richardson's out for the year because he seemed like a really fun player. And yeah, absolutely. Pittman, we'll Pittman, see. I got to give him props. Yeah, Pittman with a nice effort, you know, to be sure, 107 yards through the air. And the Colts just, you know, kind of keep on trucking. No one really takes them as seriously. But there they are, you know, still in that wild card race to yeah, be the, sure. The weird thing, and like, the, the, not weird, but the, the, the thing in this game is like Pittman was a guy in that range and Mike Ed Evans as well. It's hmm. Mike Evans passing game. He's the yeah. receiver. I mean, God, Godwin gets like seven to ten points and you're like sweating that every week now. So maybe something changes this week. If you're a Godwin owner, you're hoping he gets back on track. But the seven to ten is not. He he doesn't yeah, that's get a touchdown. That's not it. Not it does look volume. Like he needs volume. Yeah, and look, you know, going into the season, you thought Mike Evans would be the touchdown guy, the big play guy, and Godwin mm -hmm. would be the more consistent in terms of actual receptions throughout the year. But it and, has really been Evans. And I, and one more thing, I, you know, we should probably just breeze by this, but Baker Mayfield is going to be a guy this week. As a number two quarterback, like Brock Purdy, I have as my second quarterback in a lot. But if you have Baker, you know, with Josh Allen, yeah, a lot of people Lamar out, out 
you know, those are two guys. And, you know, if you got Baker, and I know me and Chris Picaro, friend of the show, mm -hmm. we got a really good primetime team in the NFFC, and we're riding Baker this week. So hopefully, you know, he's slinging it. Yeah, I, 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 think, Carolina, that's, so I, don't I know. think that's possible, um, and we'll see what kind of game it is in an NFC South matchup, again, with those lowly Carolina Panthers. We'll keep an eye on Baker, who, listen, if he you know can kind of um, avoid the turnovers, has been serviceable. Now, he had an MRI coming out of mm -hmm. this game, but it sounds like it's nothing to, uh, you know, no concerns about his availability moving forward. You talk about these, you know, the Colts who are kind of in a wild card race, two teams who are in a race. For the number one overall draft pick, played an ugly game, 10-7 Giants. This was, I don't really want to talk about this. The one thing I will say is you have been talking for all season, pretty much, about the idea that Jalen Hyatt should be something in this Giants passing game. And he does go over the century mark, five catches for 109. Maybe he's got a little something with Tommy DeVito and his chicken parm, huh? I mean... I mean, for the Giants, that was the game they needed to lose. And the Hyatt's a guy right. that they should have been the trying to get pick. the ball. I mean, as much as you want to say the quarterback injuries and everything, their quarterbacks were healthy. I mean, when you had Tiger in there, I mean, Hyatt was one guy that could have stretched the field. Right. You know, no playmakers outside of Barkley. So, I mean, the Giants, it was a game they should have lost. So, I mean, the Patriots actually benefit from the guy missing the field goal. Absolutely. They benefit tremendously. That team is in desperate need of a quarterback, and it gives them a much better shot to have a top three pick. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was watching that game. You know, I'm here in the New York area, so we were, you know, forced to watch that game, in fact. And when he missed the field goal, my cynical New Yorker self was like, yeah, Belichick maybe told them to miss it. This way they get a better <laughs> chance at Caleb or Drake May. I cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. They may also be guys that are out there next year you know that are starting in the league right now the names justin fields kyler murray come to mind so this offseason will be interesting when it comes to the revolving door that's going to be awesome that's for cousins be, as know, well yeah you got cousins a free agent what what are those teams doing what do the bears do what the cardinals uh, do i mean i don't know what to do with fields you know, sometimes he looks so good. And then he like, shows enough game, like, to me. The funny part is, what are they going to do? Like trade away the number one overall pick for the second year in a row? We have seen this done. You know, I mentioned the Cardinals. And remember, they drafted Josh Rosen uh, a year. And mm. then one year later, turned around, traded him, and used the number one overall pick. And there was a new head coach there. And I think that's going to be important, too, because I think Eberflus is gone in Chicago. Oh, yeah. And so we'll see. You know, that'll probably be part of the interview process right when they bring in probably a new front office a new head coach you know kind of aligning with ownership on what they want to do there but teams who will be in the playoffs that are probably deserve more conversation back down in the afc south and we are going to see this matchup for years and years the jacksonville jaguars take out the texans 24 21 both quarterbacks over 300 yards both quarterbacks throw for a touchdown. Both quarterbacks are going to be the gatekeepers in this division for a long time. But the only other thing I'd add here, two quick things. One, Ridley gets into the end zone again. He was really in a lull in that middle part of the season, 89 yards and a touch. And you also mentioned this. I think last week, a name we're going to be talking about in the waiver wire, I guess, is Dearness Johnson, who I just want to say is the backup to ETN. It is not Bigsby. It is Johnson. I think that's something of note, especially if you're an ETN owner 
let's say. I think you now know the real handcuff moving forward if anything bad happens. What did you see in this game? Yeah, no, it, it is Dearnest. Uh, to me, the way they use ETN is just so frustrating. They, like, run him right into the – right into the wall it's like what the hell this guy is talented get him to the outside the earnest got that big catch for like 43 yards i'm like why is that etn etn was stopped on the uh, goal line like twice so etn owners he got like 12 and a half points but it should have been like a 20 plus point day uh i think ridley is much better when they have zay jones there as well yes i think that really opens him up and you've seen it when in in, in in the past couple of weeks when he starts. Uh Tank Dell should have had a monster day, had a huge reception, called back on a penalty. Another play on the sideline that was really close. They ruled it incomplete. They upheld it. I mean, it was it was tough. And I needed him to get 60 yards. He got 50. I had Pittman, I had mm. Rashi Rice. It would have been a beautiful parlay, but was it meant to be? So, yeah, I mean, C.J. Stroud is just, you know, carrying some teams. I mean, he just puts up the numbers every week, the yards, the touchdowns. Absolutely. Even if he throws a couple of picks, you just, you know, this is what you want to see, him slinging it. And, yeah, so, I mean. You know, I think about there's some of these QB2s that we were even talking about in the offseason when we were kind of building our draft board, you know. And, and if you think about it, whether it was Stroud, whether it was a guy like Sam Howell, who we talked about as a QB2, mm-hmm. a guy like Brock Purdy, who we talked about as a QB2, you really could have hit gold there and had that be a differentiator. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. Uh, Matt, you talked about a, a parlay you had this week. I had a 10-leg parlay. Um, where the only leg that I lost was in a game that's coming up that I am uh, bringing up here to you now. I went with an alternate total of 40 and a half to go under with the Broncos and the Browns. And because of a safety, after the two-minute wow. warning on nonsense, the game finishes 29 to 12. That equals 41, half a point higher than 40 and a half. And it was, oh boy, was it distressing in the Martinez household because at the very same time, the Eagles, who I needed to win that game against Buffalo, were coming back and doing just that. And so I got banged out on a nine or 10 legger by half a point because of a nonsense safety with this Browns offense Denver wins 29-12 Denver still in the mix I think we know about Denver now um for me what's interesting Ford got more touches than Hunt and some work in the receiving game but with this quarterback situation I think you need to fade these guys even a guy like Amari Cooper moving forward he only had like two grabs what'd you take from this one yeah I mean it looked I mean, early on that first series, it looked like it was going to be three and out for the Broncos. They got that pass interference call, which was, to me, suspect. And it kept the drive. It was a big play. Put them right down, uh, right in uh, scoring position. And then it looked like Denver was going to run away with this. But the, they came back. Mm-hmm. And they missed that two-point conversion. And I think Denver might have went up 17-12. It was a game. And yeah. DTR was at least being manageable. And then he got smoked. Rocked. I mean, after that hit, that was the game. P.J. Walker came in. That was the game. It was it was over from there. Denver put up another, like you said, 12 points. Yep. And the game was over. And, you know, going forward, you know, is uh, – what's his name? I think got a little banged up too. The defensive player of the year for that. Garrett, he did get banged up. Let me ask you, though. You, you know, Amari Cooper, 
wide receiver three if they have P.J. Walker under center? I mean, probably. I mean, it's, it's just a major, even with DTR. But, I mean, I think DTR was a guy that at least was showing, you know, that he was, like, manageable. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying he's good, but I think he was better. I think he's better than P.J. Walker. And in the more reps he gets, the more games, you know. And I thought in that second half, he showed that. I thought the game was over, and then he showed he was bringing him back. And they had gotten into the red zone a couple of times, but held the field goals, and then they got the touchdown. And they should have had a two-point conversion. He underthrew it. Should have been a tie game in the third quarter. So, yeah, the Browns, uh, it's a shame because they have that defense. Right. And if Garrett's hurt and, you know, I don't know. But yeah, it could we'll be see. it could be the end of that run. They are just so banged up. Remember, going all the way back to losing Nick Chubb in week two of the NFL. And, and the Steelers have such an easy schedule. Yeah, they to, do. I mean, the Steelers are playing some really – Dog shit teams, and uh, it's true. They should make the. I can't see how the Steelers don't make the playoffs. I agree with that, but for Cleveland, it is that lesson. You know, Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett, uh, Deshaun Watson. They have been Mm -hmm. banged up. To be sure, one team that put up a ton of points over the Thanksgiving weekend that I wasn't necessarily expecting was the Los Angeles Rams. They get Kyron Williams back and they look good. 37-14 over the Cardinals. I mean, listen, a lot of people were betting props on Williams and his return, like you said, against that Arizona run defense. 16 carries, 143 yards on the ground, another 61 in the air, two touchdowns in the past game his six receptions lead the Rams and then listen only 45 yards combined out of Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup but if they have this run game and they are healthy you gotta look at the Rams a little bit here Matt they are now tied with the Packers only a half game back of the Vikings for that last playoff spot wild card in the NFC yeah and uh things got interesting with the Vikings you know yeah. uh the pastronaut had a Awful game last Came back down to earth, to be sure, with the four picks there. But listen, like I said, they're half a game back of Minnesota, Mm -hmm. okay, because Minnesota has the bye coming up. And and, and people are talking about the Green Bay Packers making a run. This Rams team has the same record as the Packers. They are right on the outside looking in. And with the return of Kyron Williams, you know, if they can stay healthy and their quarterback has a lot to do with that, like, I think I like them over Green Bay, Matt. Yeah, I mean, uh, any of those three teams, I mean, they flip a coin. I, I'll, I'll agree they have the, the veteran quarterback. The crazy thing was Puka and, and Cup didn't and do much. Cup didn't do any. I mean, Cup really, you know, the last month, even before the injury, putting up these fours, these sevens. Right. So, you know, but and they, they play, they get Cleveland, I guess, at a, at a good time right now. It's going to be an interesting game. They still got some playmakers on defense, even if Garrett's banged up. So that'll be it. That's a big game. They win that game, and I think they set themselves up really good, like you said. And they own the Cardinals. McVay is like, you know, he just kind of that's owns true. them. Yeah, that's true. Um, Next game up here, I want to ask you about Kansas City. Chiefs go down early, but come all the way back to beat the Raiders 31-17. For me, I think we got to talk about Rashi Rice here. Eight catches, 107 yards, and the touchdown. And, like, listen, we've been talking about him from the fantasy perspective. I think over the last month or two, we've been talking about how he's got to be that other mm-hmm. guy outside of Kelsey. But I'm going to tell you right now, um, he better be, okay? Because if he is not... 
Matt, you know how I like to say the Arrowhead Invitational that happens in late January? I'm telling you right now, I don't think it is going to be the Arrowhead Invitational again. Between Jacksonville, Miami, Baltimore, there are so many teams right there. And and Rasheed Rice has a nice game. Rasheed Rice shows flashes of him being able to be that kind of number two uh, option in the pass game. But it's still too spotty for me. I still there's something missing for me with the Chiefs. I get that their defense has been great, but there's still something missing for me. And I gotta tell you, I don't know if this is a team that can win, you know, multiple road games in the AFC playoffs, uh, especially if they don't have a legitimate, dependable number two in the past game that maybe Rasheed Rice is. Well, I mean, I'm hoping Rice has arrived. I've been hoping for the last month. I've been waiting for this big game, and it finally happened. And the whole thing about that is if Rice just takes some of the heat off of Kelsey, that opens up so much, and I just can't bet against Mahomes. And with with them and the uh, Ravens, it's going to come down to that. So, you, you know, and Lamar, as much as I love Lamar, he's not been great. I mean, from an NFL aspect, they're winning, and that's all yep. great. I'm saying from fantasy, I was expecting a big week this week against the Chargers defense. And, you know, he's been, you know, I needed him to get 20 points. He couldn't do that. And that really right. hurt me in a couple of leagues. So, you know, we'll see. But losing Andrews is, is a big loss for them. Hello? But I, I can't count the Chiefs out. If, if Rice can step up into that role, it just okay. will free up Kelsey so much more. That's that's where that it will it will but i mean you know like sky Moore's trash mvs is still dropping passes oh, yeah. you know at some point you know teams are going to be like listen i'm just going to bracket kelsey and force you to beat me another way and mm-hmm. i wonder quite I frankly agree. i agree you know right. you, you think about baltimore also you know with their safety kyle hamilton is he right there for a guy like kelsey do do the dolphins put a jalen ramsey on a guy like kelsey you know i I mean i wonder if there's an emerging blueprint to try to slow down kansas no everything you're saying is right but i I do think their defense has really stepped up and we saw it against miami true you know uh in in london or germany i think it was germany so i mean that's another factor and it's going to come down to you know if if they can get that home field, even if they get, if they have to play one game on the road, I just, you know, Mahomes just. I hear you. And they should have until Eagles. someone Let's knocks them honest. off, right? They, I can't believe they lost to the Eagles. I mean, I thought going into the game, the Eagles would win, but watching that game, I can't Oh, believe. during the game, it looked like Kansas City had it in the back. lost that game. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the Eagles, let's go there next. In overtime, they come back against your Buffalo Bills, 37-34. I know you don't want to talk much about this. I know Buffalo now is in a tough spot at 6-6 six and six with a tough road, really, to get to maybe nine wins. I mean, they still have at Kansas City. They still have the Cowboys. They still have at Miami as three of their last five games. The one thing I will say about uh, the Bills is they did something you've been clamoring for for a little while. And that's getting James Cook involved in the passing game. Six catches, 57 yards. You know, a lot of people produced in this 37-34 matchup. But it did seem like there was a concerted effort to get Cook involved in a multitude of ways. And Cook, you know, screwed the pooch. He had a touchdown. He dropped that easy pass early on. That was was a huge play. I mean, the Bills, they had one field goal blocked, one missed. This was a game they had to win. They, They came. I mean, I keep hearing people. 
dog Josh Allen. And look, he, he blew that Jets game week one, and he's going to have some bad games and make some bad passes. But even against the Broncos, he drove them down the field. He gave them a chance to win. Oh, yeah. And then they got lucky, and they, they blew that with the 12th man on the field. Uh, I mean, the Bills are going to be one of the best teams to not make the playoffs, and that's so unfortunate. I, I, I don't see how with this schedule that, you know, they had to beat the Broncos. The Broncos have the tiebreaker with them. Right. Uh, they're terrible in the, in the division, in the conference. And yeah. like you mentioned, the game. Still road games right. in Kansas City, road games in Miami, the Dallas Cowboys who are hot right now. But I'm with you. I know you're a Bills fan. But, you know, if I was a Bills fan, I would just live and die with Josh Allen and let him, like, turn him loose. You know some of the mistakes will mm. come. But that's what makes him so great as well. I and how about the Eagles? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, they've been out, uh, uh, you know, outgained in the last, what, four or five games. They have five, they're five and oh when trailing at the half. Mm-hmm. I mean, you knew listen, they were. You had a sixty-yard field goal to extend the game. Those things in the in the. I don't ring. know how that kick made that. In that no, he drilled it too. I think the thing got never got higher than about fifteen. Yeah, well, like it swerved. I was like, oh, I was saying, but you knew once, like he had to get rid of it, Allen, on that third down, and him and Gabe, I guess, weren't on the same page. Gabe right. Davis was wide open. Mm-hmm. If he runs straight, game over. He cut it to the corner, and they had to kick the field goal. Yeah. So. Uh, another contender in the AFC that we are talking about here, the now number one seed in the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens. They go to Los Angeles on Sunday night, take out the Chargers 20 to 10. You talk about Lamar, you know, and, and I think that's from a fantasy standpoint, honestly, because for the Baltimore Ravens, for the real life NFL team, I mean, I just think they're so complete, Matt. You know, obviously one of mm-hmm. the great defenses still in the league, giving up only 15.6 points a game. That's second only to San Francisco. But listen, five different guys had 25 or more rushing yards in this game. Seven different players catch a pass from Lamar Jackson. It just I understand Andrews and that loss is huge, but it just seems like they've got so many guys that they can go to. And it hurts you from a fantasy aspect, right? Never knowing if it's going to be Zay Flowers' week. Never know if it's going to be Gus Edwards or Keaton Mitchell who can get into the end zone. But the collective, I think, makes them balanced, makes them complete. And I think... They're the wins who are going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. I think they can beat Kansas City, especially if that game is in Baltimore. But that's, you know, a little bit further down the road. What do you see from this game on Sunday night? I know you said Lamar is not necessarily playing well, but he's got his team as the number one seed in the AFC. Yeah, I'm talking fantasy purposes. Like He's not putting up those monster numbers. That's right, right. And Keaton Mitchell getting more involved was a really good thing if you're a Keaton Mitchell owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zay Flowers is somebody that's going to have to step up. And, you know, we saw him catch the touchdown, then yep. he met that run play to seal it. But you just, from a fantasy aspect, expected more from this offense against Chargers defense. Even what, and but no Bosa. Yeah. You know, no, I, I, I thought they would, you know, I thought they would have scored a lot more points in this one. And so that was a buzzkill there. But, yeah, I agree. I mean, the Ravens have been one of the best teams in the league right now. Mm -hmm. And it'll be interesting because, I mean, even when they've had really good teams – they really haven't produced in the playoffs. I think Lamar has like one touchdown in the playoffs. Totally. It's true. That one game against Buffalo a few years ago. But remember also, Lamar hasn't finished the last two or three seasons. Yeah, know? no. So, uh, I mean, so that's another it's, piece it's right gonna there. Be, it's going to be interesting. And the Dolphins, they 
would would kill them is I mean Phillips getting the ACL. Yeah. Well, that met life s- turf. That met life turf yeah. will get you. They 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 have to force them to change that service. I, I don't understand. Listen, but, I mean, maybe Aaron I mean, Rodgers could lobby for it, you know, or Danny Dimes could lobby for it because it's not like Jalen, they're not like that either. Jalen Ramsey, I gotta give major props to because I thought he kind of lost the step last year, and then with the injury, you know, that he was gonna be, you know, suffer that he suffered and right. at the end of camp. No, he's been important. I did not expect him to come back and play the way he's been playing. I mean, he is looking like vintage Jalen Ramsey, yeah. and that's huge for this defense because they got players in that secondary. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm a I'm a Bills fan, but I am I, I Dolphins. You know, if they could protect Tua, and that's the key. You don't sack Tua four times, he usually wins. Right. You sack him four times, you know, three to four, then you got a shot. So. The other thing that's interesting to me for the Dolphins, and listen, it's kind of coalescing, right, with the idea of Kansas City, Miami, um, Baltimore, and Jacksonville kind of as potentially those four division winners and what could be a divisional weekend. I think of those four teams, you know, Miami is the biggest wild card to me because they can do – they can score on anybody. You say the improving defense with Ramsey back and Fangio as well, you know, kind of stewarding them. I'd be interested to see who gets the two seed because, you know, Miami, if teams have to go to South Florida, that's a lot different than this speed, heavy, dynamic, you know, kind of offense having to go into the winter cold somewhere else in late January. I think that will be a very big, you know, kind of deciding factor. Let's say in a two, three matchup, it is Miami and it's, you know, Kansas City. That game in Kansas City versus that game in Miami is very, very different here. Fantasy Freestyle giving you what you need to win your leagues and win that cash. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Dane Martinez and Matty Modica. And then, Matt, the week ended last night with uh, the Bears going into Minnesota and upsetting the potential playoff hopes of the Minnesota Vikings. Bears get a 12-10 victory. Uh, First touchdown bets were live deep into the fourth quarter (laughs) of this game. You know, I think we have a little bit of Dobbs turning into a pumpkin with the four interceptions. You know, DJ Moore looks good again as long as Fields is the QB. 11 catches, 114 yards, including the biggest play of the game. And that last drive for the Bears, kind of picking up the chunk yardage, getting themselves into field goal position for the win. Yeah, I mean, DJ Moore is the guy. I mean, I don't know if you have Jefferson and he comes back after the bye, if you're still alive. If you are, hey, there's some hope there. But the quarterback situation... And the Bears' defense has been playing well. I know they had Carolina in the Thursday night. Against the Lions, they really caused havoc. I don't know how the Lions won that game still. Right. Uh, I'm happy they did. Uh, but, you know, so, yeah, I mean, there's really that. And the Bears have an opportunity to set themselves up with the draft pick of Carolina, with their own, and mm-hmm. it's, you know. They, yeah, like you said, it's, it's going to be the offseason with uh, draft picks, with veteran quarterbacks, with young ascending quarterbacks, and and there are still some decisions to be made by mm-hmm. teams, to be sure. One question I do have for you on the Minnesota side, um, you know, we've been talking about this Minnesota run game as a threat all season long. Madison, 10 carries, 52 yards. Chandler, only four carries. Some people were starting to think, we were talking about, does Chandler have more juice? Will Chandler be more involved? It looked like Madison was the lead dog, at least on Monday night. 
Yeah, and they said going into it that Chandler was going to get more. They, right. They liked what they saw. Madison had a, a big fumble on Sunday night the week before. But they stuck to their guns, and, you know, maybe it was just the way the game was going. I, I don't get it. You know, he obviously seems to have more juice. than We, we kind of know what Madison is, but. Yeah, no, I just for for people that were invested in Chandler, you know, kind of maybe trying to ascend and take over that role Mm -hmm. a little bit in the fantasy playoffs. This was definitely a knock (laughs) for them. All right, Matt, let's spin it forward here. Look at the waiver wire for next week. I mean, at this point, with only a few weeks left of the regular season, most of your teams are set. There weren't many huge injuries uh, to take note of. We talked about, you know, Zach Moss potentially if Taylor is down. But uh, at the running back position, let me give you some of the heavily added guys that are widely available. And for this here on Fantasy Freestyle, we talk about less than 50% on rosters. Here are three names of the running back position. One, Samachi Pirine. He had 55 yards on the ground. Javante Williams uh, had a little neck issue, did come back into the game. Pirine is available in four out of five leagues. Antonio Gibson available in about half of leagues. He had even more of a snap count than Robinson in that last one. I personally wonder if the idea of Gibson being on the field was because they were getting blown out and they needed the kind of pass catching back over Robinson. And then we had Dearness Johnson. Uh, in Jacksonville as well, only on rosters in like one or two percent. Did have seven carries though on Sunday, and we've talked about how he's the real handcuff to ETN. Do you like any of these running backs? Anybody else you want to throw out there? Oh uh, yeah, no. I mean, I, w- I would add all those guys, and you know, if you have the, you know, I mean, Zach Moss. If he's obviously if somebody dropped him, he would be the guy. You know, you you're gonna try and get because he would have the most impact here. Uh, I mean, the Gibson thing, I think it's basically a game script, how right. that game They were going. getting blown out. And like Robinson, they had the ball on the one, and they did the fake uh, toss, and Howell took it in. And, you know, for Robinson owners like me, that was that was a big blow, because that's 14 points, you know, 14 and a half goes to eight. Mm-hmm. There, so yeah, I mean, you want to be involved in, you know, any of these guys, uh, but Moss is really one and you know if somebody drops Chandler this week I would hmm. still you know if he, if he was out there or something you know maybe after the bye they yeah they, they increase it because I mean after last night I mean what more do you need to see no, I think that's true. I think uh, Minnesota will be doing some soul searching in the bye, not only at the running back position, but even as it relates to their quarterback Dobbs, who, you know, may be turning back into a pumpkin after the ball is over. Going to the wide receiver uh, position here, Matt, three guys I'll give you that have been heavily added and are on rosters in less than 50% of leagues. Uh, one is Curtis Samuel. Listen, nine catches, 100 yards. Again, though, the game script was kind of interesting on Thanksgiving, similar to what we just said about Gibson, but you know, the question of him vis-a-vis Dotson has been a discussion topic, I think, for most of the year. Another name I said it last week, we'll say it again. Jalen Reed continues to be involved in the Green Bay Packers offense, you know, not only in the passing game, but they're getting him the ball in a lot of different ways. I believe he has a few carries in each of the last few weeks as well. He's available in over half of leagues. If you need someone, remember we got six teams on by this week at the wide receiver position. You could be missing a Zay flowers, a Stefan Diggs, a DJ Moore, a Devonte Adams, um, even a, mm-hmm. even an Addison who has been, you know, worthwhile for you in recent weeks. So there are going to be some decisions to be made. I give you Samuel. I give you, Jalen Reed. And the last name would be, uh, you know, 
Tutu Atwell got 75 yards, you know, but obviously he's still what the fourth, fifth option in the Rams offense, obviously behind cup behind Puka and behind the returning Kyron Williams, but he is being added in a lot of leagues. You like any of these wide outs? Like, what do you think about Samuel vis-a-vis Dotson moving forward? And is Reed kind of, you know, how viable of a piece is Reed now in this kind of uh, improving Packers offense? I mean, out of all three, I'd want Reed. Reed would okay. be the guy I'm I'm targeting. Uh, Samuel, like you said, when he's healthy and he's on the field, he does get involved. So, and he's been a major hindrance to Dotson. I mean, I don't even think McLaurin has a 100-yard game this season. It's, you know, they've really spread that out. Uh, I think they got Howell as the piece moving forward for the future. Yep. But I think, yeah, I think you're going to see they, – they couldn't fire the whole staff. I think you're going to see them clean house in in Washington. You know, it's a new owner. It's going to put it, you know, a new GM, I think a new head coach and everything and start from scratch there. Which will be interesting, Matt, for enemy. Right, because he finally yeah. took this lateral role to be an OC. His quarterback is leading the NFL in passing yards, you know, by all accounts is, is doing the right things. And if they do clean house, he could be collateral damage there too. Yeah, I mean, again, I said it earlier, like weeks back when we talked, I, I think they kind of wanted him out in Kansas City. And I'm not trying to dog him, but you did have Andy Reid there. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's one of the best offensive minds to, you know, and you got Mahomes. You play to win the game. I thought maybe if Rivera got fired instead of the defensive coordinator, maybe they gave him like a the interim. Yeah, the interim look see type of thing, but gotcha. <laughs> All right. Uh, finally here, looking at the tight end position. And remember, with some of the buys this week, right, Dalton Kincaid, Cole Komet, um, guys like Hawkinson are on buy this week. So you may need to be shopping on mm-hmm. the waiver wire for your tight ends. Uh, I told you about Fryermuth last week. Maybe you missed the boat, but he is still available in a good chunk of league. So he's got to be a guy you add. Um Gerald Everett scored a touchdown coming back from injury. And you know that Chargers passing game is always going to have volume behind it. So you could do a little bit worse. And this guy is on rosters on 81% of leagues. But one of my due diligence plays, there's a tight end that I believe is coming back from injury in a high octane offense, Matt. And that's Dallas Goddard. Probably coming back this week. One out of every five people listening to the sound of my voice on the fantasy freestyle right now could potentially grab themselves Dallas Goddard on the waiver wire after about after missing the last three weeks. Although one of them I do believe was the Eagles buy. Those are some names: Fryermuth, Edwards, uh, Everett, and Goddard. Uh, I don't think Goddard will be available. Fryermuth, if you listen to us last week, is not available. But I do think Gerald Everett is interesting just because that Chargers pass game um you know herbert's gonna throw it and they're banged up at wide receiver and you know Everett gets into the end zone uh in a, in a place where you're touchdown dependent he scored last week yeah i mean like you said there's gonna be a lot of tight ends on buys that are, that are good i mean if god is available obviously that's a no-brainer ever you you'd like to get uh, who was the first guy you mentioned sorry uh firemouth oh uh, firemouth yeah i mean if i there you got to get him Tucker Craft would be a desperation play. You know, he got the touchdown last week. Uh, Musgrave 
I doubt he returns this year. He's on right. the IR. So that passing game has been better. It's a tough matchup with uh, Kansas City. But, yeah, so. All right. There you have it. I am intrigued by Everett. Listen, with some of these guys, I just look for scoring touchdowns. And the Chargers mm-hmm. passing game, you know, is – is uh you know, I'd cast my lot with that passing game over a lot of these other ones, to be sure. But that'll do it here for another episode of the Fantasy Freestyle. Depending on your league, you maybe only have one, two, three weeks left before the playoffs. Get yourself organized. Get it correct. And with six teams on by, you know, you may have an opportunity here to squeak out a win if you if the schedule luck is good for you. If your <laughs> opponent could be down a lot of players. So do the due diligence. Do what you got to do. And get Get a big win in your quest for a playoff position. So for my man, Matty Modica, I am merely the spitting statistician, Dane Martinez, telling you to like, follow, subscribe, drop a five-star review. It truly helps. And we will be back next week, which is the last of all the buys. We'll help you get through it and get you ready for the fantasy football playoffs. That's what we do here on Fantasy Freestyle, helping you win your leagues and win that cash. We'll be back next week. Hopefully you will be as well. We'll see you then. Peace. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it.